Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me on today's episode of Everything Star Wars. Today, I'm going to be going over a very cool uh, creature or species from Star Wars. They are called the Drengear, and the Drengear are a very scary plant uh, species, and we see them in the time of the High Republic era most prominently. And they are basically the scourge of the High Republic, along with the Nile, who are a pirate gang. Uh, they are basically the bane of the High Republic. Not a lot uh, is happening in the High Republic. It's all peace. Um, the Chancellor is giving off uh, all of her great works, uh, putting on fairs, all this great stuff. But the Drengear come along and basically ruin it for them, along with the Nile. But the Drengear are who I'm going to be focusing on today. Now, I think my previous episode was two weeks ago. I know, I'm sorry. I've been trying to get settled with school, and I've had, uh, I've had to be quarantined. So, yeah, it's, been, it's, it's not been great. But I'm back. Thank you for listening, of course. I really appreciate it. Today, I'm going to talk about the Drengear. I know that's why you're here. But before I talk about the Drengear, there's something i got to go over with you first. Now, on to the Drengear. The Drengear are a sentient plant-like species whose sole goal is eating, that is, consuming all life across the galaxy, enslaving the minds of those they are currently devouring. Imagine an evil, born of darkness, pain, and hatred. Now combine that with a Venus flytrap and a thorn bush. Now, finally, multiply that by a thousand teeth. That should give you a picture of the vicious appearance of the Drengear. They were covered in green and brown, with the surface of their bodies being primarily covered in leaves, thorns that secreted poison, and tentacle-like roots. Not only were they physically menacing, but their very presence inspired fear and an ominous feeling of dread in all around them. They grew from spore-like seeds and could grow to their average height of several meters in only a couple days. As they grew, so did their hunger grow. They were entirely carnivorous, and they either directly ingested their prey with their mouths or inserted their root-like tentacles into their victims' mouths, ears, and noses to control their mind while draining their life. Typically, the former method, that is, ingestion through the mouth, was used on non-sentient, like wampas, while the latter way was reserved for sentients. As for killing them, that was much harder. They had a remarkable healing factor and could even asexually reproduce after being cut in two by a lightsaber, say. They would die, however, by being exposed to the vacuum of space. The Drengear had a kind of hive mind, or rather root mind, which they used to communicate with. This was a telepathic system through which they could talk to anyone under their influence. All very scary stuff. Now that you know what they look like and some of what they can do, let's look at their impact on the galaxy. Thousands of years before the New Republic, the Empire, the Republic, and even the High Republic, the Drengear were discovered by the warmongering Amaxine people. The Amaxine warriors set up a relay system around the Drengear's planet, a kind of space station, which was a set of mechanical rings around the planet that they planned to use to destroy the Drengear. 
Unfortunately, the plan backfired. The Drengir infiltrated the station, and the Amaxine were wiped out. The Drengir ate them all. Sometime soon after, a group of Sith came upon the station with the Drengir still aboard. A group of Sith came upon the station with the Drengir still aboard. This is just crazy. After a fierce struggle, the Sith overwhelmed the Drengir on the station, totally awesome, and forced and force them into a cage, a, a kind of force cage that put them in stasis. And it was created by these four very elaborate, ornate statues put up. There they were left for hundreds of years. The Drengir were just left in this force cage for hundreds of years. During the time of the High Republic, the station was used by a transport guild called the Bin Guild. It was during this time that a group of Jedi happened to become stranded there due to a solar flare apocalypse in the system. Long story, but I'm just summarizing it up for you like this. As they searched the station, they, encountered, they were encountered by visions of death and chaos, and they incorrectly assumed it came from the four statues, which they recognized as uh, being uh, forceful or even dark. The visions were actually brought upon by being in such close proximity to the Drengir, another one of their fearsome powers. But the Jedi had not yet discovered this, nor had they discovered the Drengir at all. At this time, the Drengir hadn't even been heard of, really. The Jedi wrapped the seemingly evil statues in a force bubble and made it off the station. At the Jedi Temple on Coruscant, the Jedi came to realize that there was no evil in the statues, and that their sole purpose was to contain and restrain. They quickly returned to the station with the statues, but a group of Nile attacked at that very moment, forcing the Jedi to release the Drengir upon the Nihil in self-defense. This was the start of the crisis that was the Drengir. For months on end, the Drengir ravaged the Outer Rim frontier. Where once there was hope, now there was only fear. The Jedi were doing their best to repel the attacks and destroy the Drengir, but not even with the aid of the Hut Cartel could they hold off the Drengir and keep them at bay. Finally, after months of this hopeless battle against the fearsome foe, a daring young Jedi Knight named Keeve Trennis entered the Drengir's mind and uncovered the location of their homeworld and the home of the Great Progenitor. The Drengir Queen, you could call it. Keeve then participated in the strike against the corrupted world, Mulitia, Mulita, and thanks to the telepathic abilities of Jedi Master Marshal Avar Chris, the Jedi were able to overwhelm and trap the Great Progenitor, uprooting it and enclosing it in an energy cage. That was the end of the Drengir threat, as far as we know. And I say as far as we know for two reasons. Um, one, because... That's as far as we know. Two, because everything we've got, everything we know about the Drengir has come from stories that take place during the High Republic era. These stories are coming out this year, and I believe at the beginning of next year. So we'll have to see how far this takes it. The comics, specifically the High Republic comics, not the High Republic Adventure comics, have been focusing largely on this. That was the main point of the comics. Um, maybe up until the last one, which I believe was issue eight, so, we'll have to see if in future issues, the Drengir are brought back. 
I personally don't think they will be. I think this is pretty much the end of it. Maybe there will be other short stories and even just stories that take place during the time of the Drengir really uh, having control. But I don't think the Drengir are going to go any further than this. And if they do, it won't be anything huge. I think that the High Republic will be going back to just focusing on the Nihil. And I do plan on doing an episode on the Nihil in the near future. Um, not for a few weeks, though. I have more important things to be podcasting about uh, now. But eventually, I will be doing an episode on the Nihil and what we know about them so far. They are, they're, it's, it's a very cool antagonist. Uh, I'm not going to say I admire them or anything. I'm not going to say they're a good antagonist. But they uh, drive the plot forward very well. And they're, they're, uh, they're scary. They're a fearsome foe. But the Drengir, they're nothing like the Drengir. The Drengir, it's like, the, it's like a zombie apocalypse movie or show. It's, it's that kind of thing. Not like they don't turn you into Drengir, but... If they get close to you, they can take over your mind and basically use you as one of their slaves. So it is a bit like a zombie apocalypse. So very scary stuff. You got to check out the comics, the books, if you haven't. Listen to my episode with Wesley if you already haven't. That got a lot of listens. I'm very happy about that. He's very happy about that too. Um, and uh, yeah, just make sure, check out this High Republic stuff. It's cool. If you like Star Wars... And if you like lore, like prequel lore, I think you're really going to enjoy this. It's very cool. Thank you all so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, make sure, hop over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and smash that subscribe button, send me a review, um, email me with any questions or comments you have. Thank you again for listening. My email is, of course, in the podcast description and in the episode description. My next episode will be an interview, or rather a discussion, with my friend David, and he did the Bad Batch trailer review with me. And now we're going to be doing the Visions trailer review. The Visions trailer came out uh, a couple weeks ago, I think, and uh, it's just very cool. We're, getting, we're just getting around to it now, but it's very cool. Visions comes out September 22nd. Make sure not to miss it. I'm very excited for that. Um... Make sure to listen to this episode with David. It's a very fun time we have, uh, much less formal than my normal podcast episodes are. Uh, we have a good time, we laugh, and it is fun, enjoyable. So make sure to check that out. Also, make sure to check out uh, the episode I'm also doing on Thursday. I'm doing two on Thursday. Don't get used to this. I know, you're being privileged, but don't get used to it. Uh, and it's going to be about a specific episode in the Vision series called Ronin. We don't have a lot of information on it, but the information that we do, I will completely dissect. And it's going to be a great time. I'm really excited for this show, this episode in particular. I don't know what it is, but we'll get around to that later. So until next time, may the Force be with you.